Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the one, the only RJ Grimshaw. Now, RJ's journey is deeply rooted in a family of entrepreneurs. After serving in the US Air Force, RJ and his brother Eric and their father Gene co founded Scriba Town Inn, a venture that blossomed into RJ's very first million dollar business. And it was within the equipment leasing and finance industry that he embarked on this remarkable career journey. He became the CEO and president of Unify Equipment Finance in 2013. Now, under his guidance, the 45-year-old organization rapidly became one of North America's fastest-growing organizations. And, and throughout his visionary leadership, the yearly volume of Unify Equipment Finance skyrocketed from $13 million to get this over $115 million dollars. Absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable given the age of this organization. There's something special that happened there and I can't wait to unpack it. But before we kind of get into the work that you're doing now, I'm wondering if you could just add some color to the story. How how did you go from, you know, this massive success story at Unified to becoming a coach than the consultant you are today? Yeah, I appreciate you you having me here, Scott, and great intro. Uh, probably one of the best intros I've ever had. I might uh, replay that for my family all the time just to say, hey, this is your dad, you know, give me a little bit more respect. But, um, it, you know, my, my path led me there. I, As you mentioned earlier, uh, my first business was at the age of 23. My dad, who was my mentor as well, his business plan actually hangs behind me from one of his businesses he started in 1983. And how I fell into corporate America was strictly by accident. Everything you just said was a was a great um, uh, story. However, every story sometimes there's a black cloud, and that black cloud was unfortunately my dad passed away very young at the age of sixty one from a massive heart attack, and I was still in the bar business at that time, and I was just turned thirty, and I already had two boys. Um, uh, we married young, and I I had to make a decision um, of continuing the entrepreneur path, which was very successful, or um, falling into corporate America, which I did by accident. I wanted to do it on my terms. And that's where I learned about the term of entrepreneurship. And it really just blossomed. And, and when I started learning more and more about the term and how it's leveraged and utilized in different companies from product development to process improvement to innovation, um, I, I really just, that was my North Star. And quite honestly, if it wasn't for that mindset and mentality, as well as being a life learner, I would never have made it to where I did at Unify. In, in 2013. And I appreciate all the credit you gave me, but in the same respect, it was all the team that I was surrounded with. I walked into an organization uh, of a lot of long-term employees, 
and they wanted that next level of growth. They wanted that next level of uh, scale and things of that nature, and they bought in. And with their buy-in, we were able to grow the business. And it was from 13 to 36 to 72. And then we hit a plateau, like so many businesses do, where you hit, hit a certain revenue spot, and you really have to go do some self-discovery and, and look internally on, on what you need to do to go to that next level. And after uh, several months of doing that with my team, we made some conscious decisions and then pivoted just a tad in 2016. And that's where that next level of growth came to the 115 mark uh, that we finished at last year. Long-winded story there, but in the back of my mind the whole time, I knew that I wanted to go out and start educating other business owners around the term of entrepreneurship and what it can do within their business. Because so many times people like to segregate the two between you're either an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. However, every great entrepreneur needs a great entrepreneur and co-mission with them. And that's where I come in and educate business owners on different fronts from employee engagement to growth to scale. They all play hand in hand together. We're not a fit for all customers. If they're already an innovating customer or they have innovation as part of their culture, then we're not a fit. And we're very selective with the customers that we work with because we want to ensure that we can truly help them. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, I want to point out that entrepreneur is not a, uh, a mispronounced word, right? And so we're going to dive into what the difference is between this idea of entrepreneurism, which many in our audience are very familiar with, and entrepreneurism. But before we get there, you, you just hit a point that I, I want to grab onto, and that is I found there's a number of, of companies that, that would say that innovation is part of their culture, right? It's one of their values. They, they have this great innovation department that has articles written about them. Uh, what is it that separates those that, that say they have a great innovative culture and those who, who truly have an innovative culture? Yeah, so innovation, is, it's very similar to, to the people who say they're in technology or they're in healthcare. That's a big word. It means a lot of different things to different people. If they truly do have an innovation lab within their organization, that's wonderful, but what, what are they doing in other parts of their business in terms of innovating? And we actually have an assessment that we've been designing over the last several years that we will give the business owner, and we actually start with the employees, where the business owner says, or the CEO or, or the entrepreneur says that, oh, we're very innovative, we do, you know, we're, we're very forward-looking. I said, great, let's give your, your team members an assessment, an online assessment that will take them 10 to 15 minutes. We'll give you the feedback, no charge to you, and then you can make a constant decision if, if you're doing everything that you that you think you are by the voice of your team members. Yeah. I'm telling you, Scott, 90% of the time comes back and they're shocked because they believe that they're innovating. However, they're not either communicating that internally or there's different pockets where they're not innovating. And that's where we can come in and identify those pockets and, and have that part of the company become innovation because innovation really starts with improvement. It's just not innovating to innovate. Innovating is looking at your current systems, processes, product sets, and looking where you can make those improvements. And the only way you can do that is with your employees. Yeah. It's not people sitting in a conference room. It's not people sitting in a boardroom. It's the voice of the people in the trenches on a daily basis. And we provide the tools that they can provide that feedback to senior leadership or, or the owner. Yeah. 
So there's this pattern that I see a lot, and I'm wondering if, if this is part of what you're describing here, where you have, I tend to work in very entrepreneurial organizations, right? They're scaling up and, and oftentimes at the helm, you have a very visionary leader, very innovative individual. And for quite a while, uh, that's not enough by itself, right? But that, that, that person tends to be the epicenter of innovation. But what I found is almost the more innovative they are, the less room there is for innovation in anyone else. Uh, do, do you ever see that happen? You're spot on with that. And that's where we will work with that owner, that entrepreneur, who is that visionary. And we want that visionary to, to just absolutely foster in that environment. That's where the entrepreneur comes in. The entrepreneur is the doer for the dreamer. So you have that visionary who's coming up with the next idea or innovating. They need the backbone in order to execute upon those dreams. And that's where visionaries get frustrated because they'll a lot of times you'll, you will be talking to entrepreneurs and I'm sure you do as well. And they'll say, well, they just don't understand or, or they just don't, they just don't treat it the same way I do, or they don't have the same vision as I do. Well, that's because most likely, unfortunately, you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't wired the same as you, where if you can find that entrepreneur that understands the role of an entrepreneur, which is a good segue to the definition. An entrepreneur is the definition of, of an entrepreneur is someone that works within the business confines. All right. But they think just like that entrepreneur. They, they're very resourceful. They're forward-looking. They're like-minded. They're passionate. But they're not taking the capital risk and laying out their own capital to start their own business. Right. And that was RJ. I had the entrepreneur spirit. I knew what it was to make payroll. I knew what it was to scale. I knew what it was to work with your providers. I just took that mindset. And when I went into corporate America, I thought differently, hence back to my corp, my, my success in, uh, in my career. And also I was lucky you're surrounded by a lot of great people that I learned from. And that was the opportunity that led me, you know, again, to unify. And now I'm trying to take that knowledge or I'm taking that knowledge and working with businesses. And we're very defined with the businesses we can help. Um, here in Ann Arbor, where I'm based and live, uh, it's a significant entrepreneur's town. There's a lot of you know, startup grants, there's, there's a, a Spark, which is a local organization here. We, I will work individually with startups. However, that's not our core for our, our coaching practice. It's really with a company between two, you know, above $2 million in revenue, five years in business. And now they're looking to go to that next level. Yeah. Fantastic. So one of the things that I see, and, and this is uh, one of the things that jumped out of your story, the organization has been around for 45 years. There tends to be a whole lot of momentum in a given direction, right? There's a whole lot of, uh, of, of energy being spent, but it all seems to be going in one direction. And sometimes you need to shift that. Sometimes you need to move that. And, uh, and w would you say that, that that's part of the role of entrepreneurism is to start to turn some of that momentum? It is. And it's very important. We, we also work with individuals that want to become an entrepreneur when they, they'll usually self-identify and then they just want to know what they can do to because it's a mindset, it's a life, it's almost a desired life uh, mission to be that entrepreneur and there should be value associated with that. So we want to applaud our entrepreneurs, but we coach our entrepreneurs that they have to be aligned. Their mission and visions internally have to, and values have to be aligned with that company because if there's not alignment there, it will not work. And most likely the, the owner of the business and the entrepreneur will get frustrated with each other. For me, I was aligned because I was an entrepreneur. I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and business financing, financing equipment for them was alignment with who I was and what I wanted to do. 
So I wasn't that entrepreneur at the time, but I was able to fill my void of not being one by working with entrepreneurs and bringing more value than just here's capital to to finance your equipment. But there has to be that alignment. It's critical. So back to the the owner, they have to, and that's where we work with them in terms of the personal assessment to ensure that they're hiring entrepreneurs. Now I want to expand on that, Scott. We coach and our principles are you only want within your organization probably 20% of your team members having that mindset because you can't have all entrepreneurs, 100% entrepreneurs with your entrepreneurs because quite honestly, it will be dysfunctional and you won't get anything done. So the first exercise we'll do is work with that business owner to identify people within their organization that already have the traits of an entrepreneur. Then we start talking about communication and culture. And, it, and again, it's it's just not an initiative. And so many business owners want to do a special initiative or a focus for a short period of time. It's very similar to going to the gym. To have true results, you have to be consistent with your activities of going to the gym. Same way with an entrepreneur operating system. You have to be consistent with your messaging and education on a regular basis to your team. And then that's determined by, the, of course, the organization size. Yeah. And so you also talked about this idea. So step one, find the ones that you already have, right? There's probably at least a few that that have been uh, a little quieter than maybe we want them to be. Uh, but sometimes you also have to bring it in from the outside. So what are some of the hallmarks? How do you find a, a high quality entrepreneur? So the first thing that we educate our business owners on is we like to look at their job descriptions that they're placing to, to look for new candidates for the organization. And a lot of times we'll make some subtle changes to their job description as well as their content on their website to attract a higher caliber person. We actually beta tested this at Unify. We ran one job description the, the old fashioned way. And then the new way was we just added something around entrepreneurship. We're looking for someone with that entrepreneur mindset. And then underneath that, we actually asked them to Google the term so they understand what it is. We saw the quality of the candidate with the B testing with that entrepreneur mindset listed, the quality of those candidates went up tremendously. Wow. Um, just because people want their voices to be heard. They want community. They want to join an organization that they can come into and truly add value. And that's what an entrepreneur does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So one of the things uh, about entrepreneurism uh, is it is inherently messy, right? There, there's some risk taking involved in that. And, and there's this question when we start kind of giving people leash, what if it goes wrong? What, and so how do you manage uh, these kind of visionary leaders inside your organization to keep the thing from going off the rails. So we have a software that we actually deploy within the organizations for those ideas to be fed into leadership, to be able to determine which ideas are good, and then also stack rank those. So we're completing the loop back to the people who are giving the ideas. The last thing you want to do is is roll this out, receive all these ideas, and then nothing's done, and then the organization or the the team members on the team, especially if it's a smaller company, say, well, here we go again. We tried something for 14 days and it didn't work. So that's back to that consistency of messaging. But back to the, your question in regards to the software, there has to be context in regards to the ideas. That's back to the alignment. For example, if I'm a restaurant that's a steakhouse and all of a sudden someone says, oh, we should be serving pizza, that's not really in the same context of who we are from an identity perspective. Um, the messy part and, and this is where a lot of my entrepreneurs get nervous. Well, what if I hire an entrepreneur, they come in, they add all this value, and then they leave within two years? Okay. You just said they joined your organization, they added value for two years, and then they left. I, I don't see that as a bad, you know, a, a, a bad thing. 
unfortunately, it's selfish because I've had that happen to me right. it, it, selfishly. But in the same respect, I come from an abundant mindset. And if I help someone's career along the path and they went on to something that they felt was better for them, I applaud them. As a matter of fact, I'll help them get to where they want to go right. uh, to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things, and, and it's changing so much, especially post COVID. Is you know, if you get someone who comes in for two, three years, that's a relatively long time these days, right? And, and I I think rather than worrying about what they will leave with, I, I think what we really want to do is focus on what they will leave behind. What, yeah, what that's true. Changes they can make in our organization. And I have a story of that. We actually had an individual, a gentleman. He he had all the traits and characteristics of an entrepreneur. Hands down, the best candidate I've ever interviewed. He showed up with a binder of all of his accomplishments, his degrees, his is you know school grades. Ten years after the fact, and I merely hired him. And he came into the organization, did multiple roles, and he came to me again. We had we fostered the idea sharing within organization, and he came to me and said, "RJ, we have a blunt or we have." an opportunity here to better serve our customers with an online payment portal, which we did not have. And it was a blind spot to me, Scott. I I wasn't aware of it. And we sat down, he mapped, I said, map out the plan, map out, you know, what what, what you would need to do. And keep in mind, you still have to hit your sales, your sales numbers that you have to, because that's the oxygen oxygen that feeds the beast. Well, within three months, he worked with our IT department. And again, he has to influence the behavior of IT of our IT team. He worked with an outside vendor and he was able to build out the portal to serve our customer needs. And that's back to the alignment of vision and mission. He understood what we were trying to do. And now we process over $100,000 any given month through that portal. It wasn't an initiative. It was all because of his idea. And there's stats about researching of employees sharing ideas that 75% of every single team member or employee you have in an organization believes they have an idea that would make the organization a better organization in serving the customers. Mm. Wow. Wow. Remarkable. Well, speaking of great ideas, uh, there's a question I like to ask all of my guests, uh, and it's this. What is the biggest secret you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody watching or listening today knew? Being an entrepreneur is just as sexy and as rewarding as being that entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is if I was to do a math equation, which Every Sunday afternoon when I'm brainstorming, sitting down with a piece of paper, I think I should do this and I'm going to do it. If I work backwards and my income relative to, I didn't have to put any capital out in my career advancement from a monetary perspective, my ROI will be much higher than a lot of business people or a lot of entrepreneurs that want to go out and start a business. Yeah, Most businesses are very difficult to reach it to a million dollars. And again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but if you studied entrepreneurship, go learn the business that you want to start. If you have a dream or a mission or a vision that you think you can own it, identify a company that does that today. Go apply there. Take the job. It's not about what you're being paid. It's about the education you're going to receive. Then you can make a good decision while you're being paid if you want to go start that company. I see so many business owners just jump into something without researching because they watch some video on YouTube and they were sold all the positives and not the negatives of what it is to run that business. Yeah. And and we're, we want instant gratification as human beings. It's just natural the world we live in. However, take the long road, go somewhere for that year, learn the business or six months. Someone we were just working with worked somewhere for 90 days and she received all the knowledge she did. And then she ultimately left the organization and we're, and we're not setting people up to just come and go. She felt she could learn it that quick. And she felt good enough to go to the business owner and tell them that she would stay on. However, 
you know, that's back to learning before you go out and start something. So that's the secret. You know, entrepreneurs are just as cool as entrepreneurs. And guess what? We need each other um, to, to succeed. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So uh, speaking of kind of stepping into this entrepreneurial mode, I'm going to have you put on your, uh, take off your coach consultant hat uh, for a moment, put on your CEO hat and talk to us, what's the next stage of growth look like for you and your business? Our next stage of growth is really trying to continue to identify technology to drive the culture and mindset within organizations. We have tools today, but we're always looking to enhance those tools to take the friction out of the system that um, people can have the iOS operating system. Today, or historically, people have captured a lot of this on spreadsheets and Google Sheets and things of that nature, and it's messy. So we want a gamification piece of it because what happens is I talked about earlier that 20% entrepreneurs and 80% your functional employees. When you deploy this operating system within your company, all of a sudden you see people that maybe were quiet or weren't sharing ideas. They see the culture and all of a sudden they start giving more. And you see your level of engagement and your discretionary effort in the organization go up tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, RJ, uh, such a pleasure. I know some folks are listening and and they're just thinking, hey, we, we've got to have this. Uh, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. They'd never even thought of entrepreneurship before, but that, every word you've said, they know they need it. How can they find more out about you and the work that you do? Sure. RJGrimshaw.com is my website. You can reach out to me, contact me through there. I do answer all my emails. Just give me a day or so and I will respond. And even if it's just a general business question, uh, I, I'm, I'm here to help. If it's career advice, I'm here to help. Um, and, and, you know, that's the easiest way or just Google me and you'll find me on all the social uh, platforms. Fantastic. Well, RJ, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being on the show today. Fantastic, fantastic advice and wisdom. And for those of you watching and listening, you know that your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.